0: Fire in the sky mm-hmm. the don't in the sky. talk about that movie do not talk about it, what, it about? they're talking the about fire in it. the he sky just, he just dude see, kind of looks like the aliens, huh yes okay yes it's <laughs>
1: Welcome, everyone, to the Junction City Podcast. I am your host, John Miles, and with me in the Foley Octagon, am I right? Colby Peterson. And
0: Meg Sanders.
1: Welcome. Thank you. In just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Katie Matheson from Alliance for a Better Utah. We're going to tell you all about the legislative session that's going to start in a week. But before we do that, what have you guys been doing this week? Come on, do the thing. What are the haps? <laughs> yes, dude. <laughs>
2: uh, he does
0: like a trance stare too. He like oh man, I love kind of like when you go cross-eyed and look at your nose. That's kind of yeah. what he did. I have to when leave my said. body. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, um, who, been doing wants, who wants to go first?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the three of us. We we had we did a thing yesterday. Oh, that's right. The one-year anniversary of Junction City podcast. So last year we we all met at Jeremiah's on a Saturday morning, had some breakfast, and talked about doing a podcast about local politics and getting a group of people together and building a community, and here we are, a year on.
1: Yeah. So it was kind of nice. My favorite part of that was that I asked Meg to bring the petition for the tax reform because I needed to sign it, but then I had already signed it, so she had one spot left, so she got our server to sign it. Yeah, and she did. Yeah, I yeah that was did. good.
0: She was from Roy, Utah.
2: Yeah, Roy's a great yeah. place.
1: I was like, Meg, what are you doing? That's not cool, but then you... Mentioned something about being a server, and I was like, oh, Meg, that's beautiful. <laughs> You're right. Good job.
0: I try to be so poetic in asking people to sign political referendums.
1: I know. I respect it. I'm too, too reserved. Oh, no.
0: It's super awkward. It's really awkward. But you got to do it. Yeah, this week when I... I took it around to places it is really uncomfortable to ask, mm-hmm. especially when people either have no idea what you're talking about. And in the back of your mind, you're like, what the hell is wrong with you that yeah, you like don't Do you know live this? under a rock? Like, no. what? Yeah. what are you doing? And then two, when they kind of give you a look like, no, you kind of have to lick your wound for a minute Respect and, then, their yeah, ignorance. and go to the next. <laughs> yeah. But I got it filled out. So I feel good.
1: Yeah, that was good. That was a good breakfast. Good job, guys. It, it was delicious. Good. Yeah. So it was a good time.
0: I loved it. I had oatmeal.
1: Yeah, yeah, you did. We were healthy.
2: That was a <laughs> terrible choice on your part. You should have got what I got. <laughs> I should have. You should at least should've. ordered
0: just
1: like eggs and sausage, God. you know?
0: Hey, we don't need to order, Shamer. Well, order I went I went to birthday dinner for my sister at Twigs, and they're all getting the, like the lobster mac and cheese, and I had a salad.
1: Oh. Twigs is I nice. Was, I was going to be so unhealthy. I think that morning- I was looking forward to a nice greasy breakfast at Jeremiah's, (laughs) and then you were like healthy, healthy, and then I ate fruit instead of hash browns. That was because of you,
0: Meg. Well, today my husband yelled, "We all know your diet is bullshit." (laughs) Thank you, thank you. So when I had carrot cake at the birthday, I just turned away from him so we could shave. Yeah,
1: man. Well, I've been, uh, I've been, I went to my two boxing sessions this week here at Foley's, our kind host. Man, he's a good coach. I like it a lot. Yep. And the thing is it's not like a uh, uh like you're I mean, I was exhausted, but it's not like a push yourself, push yourself kind of thing. It's like it's like learn how to throw punches and then practice. So then what it does is it makes me want to like exercise the other days cuz I'm like I will be much less exhausted during my Yeah. boxing. Interesting.
0: And then you think you'll probably be better at the boxing if i can get this other stuff in order uh-huh. yeah
1: but it's fun it's like a fun way to work out i like it a lot
0: i want to i would do it just so you know in i know it's in bruce lee movies and it's in the matrix when he puts his hand out and he does like the just the finger motion yeah to be like come to me and Foley then I hasn't would us that to, yet. i'd be able to do it i have no idea how to punch people i'm not gonna lie I i've no
1: seriously learned a lot about punching in two sessions
0: i need to go then
1: yeah. I get, maybe, I, I'll, maybe i'll
2: come hang out with you how I much was that like punch cat punch pass was it uh, was it like 150 or was it more
1: than that i think it was 100 for 10 but on yeah, black so friday wait, it was two for one it was oh, a punch pass serious? to yeah.
0: learn to punch
1: <laughs> yeah it was
0: amazing that mm-hmm. is oh, that is genius yes
2: more mm-hmm. dave's a marketing genius or sauna idea somebody gets the credit but yeah, it's maybe. Both of them. Maybe Her I'll do team. that because Maddie spends a lot of time down here. That's and right. It's like, dude, not, and I did jujitsu with Dave a couple of times, but then
1: it just didn't work out with my schedule,
2: and I always wanted to come back.
1: Man, it's cool. Dave's a cool teacher. The thing that's nice about Dave is like I would feel weird being a 37 year old man having another guy my age teach me how to throw a punch. Like it kind of feels like something I should know, but Dave teaches kids like half the time, mm-hmm. and so he's patient and nice. <laughs>
0: I don't think you're supposed to know how to throw a punch by 37 because I think that's like the go to comedy thing is watching people that are 37 that don't know how to punch. Yeah, get in a fight.
2: You're right. That's what makes
0: a fight so fun is they have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, it's
2: true. Like the first, so my buddies and I, we decided when we were like 20. My buddy really loved Fight Club. He's like, dude, we should do the Fight Club <laughs> thing. And so we lived at Burnt Cher- down our houses. No, <laughs> not that. But we Marla. Lived, I, I lived at Cherry Creek Apartments in Riverdale, and like he was like, dude, let's do the Fight Club thing. I was like. All right, so we go down in the in the parking lot and like we what? just fought, we just punched each other.
0: What? Yes. You're not supposed to talk <laughs> so about many, this. So
1: many guys. Well, now you can. Oh. Those rules they only last so long. Yeah,
2: and I learned a lot from like I fought I fought my one friend, and then he another friend heard about it, and he's like, I want to fight you too, and so we fought behind uh, our apartment building. Yeah, and we got blood on the cement. What? And species the
0: ladies are you? Dude, what? And the lady,
2: guys. the lady that like runs that ran the apartment complex like got mad and called us into her office like she was our <laughs> teacher and was like. What's up? And I got punched in the nose, so I had two black eyes. And she was like, take your sunglasses off. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, she was mad. Wasn't
1: that? Didn't that happen in Karate Kid?
2: I don't know, did it? Yeah, Danny
0: LaRusso <laughs> had the two black eyes, and then yeah, yeah, and his, his mom was like, take off. Let me see those baby That's blues. Right. I told you I had that Perfect. movie memorized top to bottom. We were just Let me see those kid. baby blues. And she yeah. takes them off. Thank
1: you for knowing exactly <laughs> what I was
2: talking about. But yeah, you, I mean, I learned a lot just from those two times. It's like, okay, yeah. don't throw all a bunch of hooks. That right.
0: same night that Colby was doing Fight Club, I was with my girlfriends making a wreath and drinking glasses of wine. Oh. Not really, but I'm just showing you the dichot the, the dichotomy here mm-hmm. Fight Club and Wreath Club. Yeah,
2: well. <laughs> we we were drinking beers. Oh. <laughs> course. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah.
0: Wanna fight you too. <laughs> yeah. You guys had a fight, it I was, wanna fight. It was hilarious
2: because I had this room this lady who was my roommate, and we left and we came back and we were both bleeding and she's like what happened to you guys
1: <laughs> she thought we got jumped and you said you wouldn't get it mm, my goodness then we
2: explained what happened and she thought we were morons <laughs> you were
1: all right well let's bring Keddy in here and talk about the uh, tax reform we'll be right back <laughs> ashley Wolfius and the elements
0: of real estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the junction city podcast if you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley at theelementsofrealestate.com or by calling 801-391-8503. All
1: right. We're back. And we're here with Katie Matheson from Alliance for a Better Utah. Welcome, Katie. Hi. Welcome,
0: Katie. My favorite opera singer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs>
1: Uh, so we're going to talk about the legislative session that's coming up uh, January 27th, 27th. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so just a week or two. Um, so yeah, tell us, I mean, let's go just quickly to basics, like uh, the legislative session, how long is it and what are they doing?
3: So our general legislative session is 45 days. It's one of the shortest sessions in the country for uh state legislature and the 45 days include includes weekends and the one holiday mm. so it's like it is like a hunger games version of just like <laughs> get as many bills passed and get you know get time and in- on the floor and in front of committees and stuff like that and so it's the main time once a year when our legislative body gets together and passes bills mm. um And we have interim sessions throughout the year, but they can't pass anything during those sessions. They have to call a special session to pass something the rest of the year. So this is like the big deal.
1: And um, the process of it, like they can already they've already been introducing bills. Right. And then there's a there's kind of a at the beginning of the session, there's a lot of introducing and debating and maybe passing the simple bills. And then the meet kind of happens near the end of the session.
3: I mean, it depends. Yeah. That's what you would expect. But last year we got Medicaid expansion repeal at the very beginning. Mm. And so we all, you know, showed up expecting it to be a nice leisurely introduction and right away it was like, bam, all right, they're repealing <laughs> a ballot initiative. Great. So, um, you know, in general, they've, they've numbered, they've been numbering bills. The language of some of the bills is available online. Um, they're about 50% according to a Utah policy.com piece the other day, about 50% of the bills in the House are still secret, so nobody knows what they are. Hmm. Um, And about 25% on the Senate side are secret. That's about 900
2: bills so far, right?
0: Yeah, I'd read that's one of the highest they've ever had filed, 900 900. filed, which is one of the highest on record. We keep getting
3: more and more bills.
1: And what does that mean? Like, I'm going to file a bill, but keep it secret, what, until we've retooled it enough for public view?
3: Yeah, so secret means that it is... Sacred. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> They're <praying over> it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. So secret means just that nobody knows. I think it even means nobody even knows like who's sponsoring it. Like you, you have no idea what it is. So basically huh. we're going into this session, which starts a week from tomorrow, like half blind. Huh. We don't know necessarily what is coming out. We can, you know, listen to rumors. We can listen to, you know, politicians say, you know, I'm running this bill, you know, likely a lot of these bills that are secret are not secret um, for nefarious purposes. It's probably just because they want a, an actual finished product before um they put it out there um but you know regardless we don't know what what these bills are so um once we get into the session the first couple of days are pretty relaxed pretty boring so if they're going to drop something on us at the beginning it'll be after the first couple days if you're there for the first day it's really cool usually there's a terrible musical number on the floor (laughs) of the house or the senate um and then you know everybody just feels like they're back at school
1: and they do the swearing (laughs) in and everyone's kind of buddy buddy at the beginning
3: yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an election year. It's a presidential election year, so uh, who knows what it will um, look like. And, you know, hmm. politics doesn't stop just because the session stops. Well, but. and
0: I feel like they've they've really set themselves up for a heated year because they came in at the start of the year with this
3: controversial tax reform. Um, tax tax reform. reform. So I do
0: yeah. think that you might be hitting the ground running on day one.
3: Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and, you know, we, we will see. There's a number of ideas that we have in our head about what could happen but there could also be something like the inland port bill where it wasn't at the beginning but it was at the the last day not this past year but the year before the last day of the session it was a secret bill nobody knew what it was and the last day it was bam oh my gosh they're creating an inland port um everybody votes on it and bam you're done
4: yeah and it was just made
3: yeah and you had no idea and And then greg hughes appointed himself to the inland port board and then he had a conflict of interest (laughs) and had to resign he's never had that well
1: (laughs) and i mean just inherent in that though that means that all of the legislators get to see it. You wouldn't file it otherwise. You would just not file it until it's not ready.
3: Well, so when you live in a, in a state that has essentially one-party rule, what uh-huh. happens when that one party has closed caucus meetings is they talk about the business of the state behind closed doors. And uh-huh. that's exactly what happens here in Utah. The Democrats are a super minority, which means they have very little power. Um, and so the GOP majority has these secret meetings, closed behind closed doors that no they, no, they, no, they no call meetings. the republican caucus meetings right mm-hmm. yeah and they talk about these things and they whip the votes in those doors they let people know what's going on and then that's how we get these bills mm-hmm. and i wondered you know how many lobbyist groups
0: are in there as well I in mean, the closed caucus meetings
3: yeah. uh i have no idea
0: i find that endlessly curious because you know you have something like the league of cities and towns or towns mm-hmm. and cities which they are so great at making it sound like they're not a lobbyist group, Mm -hmm. but they are. Mm -hmm. So you have 50% of these bills that are secret to citizens, but I'm sure the lobbyists are well aware. I'm sure that the lawmakers are a little bit more than aware, you know.
3: Yeah, the majority of this stuff happens, you know, in conversations that don't happen on the floor. You know, like once people go to the floor, it's kind of already done Mm. um put together and done um and i mean like you also get bills um that are model bills from organizations like alec which is a national conservative organization which drafts you know, conservative bills, and this basically shops them out, right? Think, like
1: the Stand Your Ground law. They yeah. They get twenty states to pass it off yeah. at once.
3: Kim Coleman is running a bill this year. I just found it right before I came here, um, which is about an issue that she's talked about before. Before which has to do something with um, like free speech on pub- on campuses um and i don't know for a fact that this is a, an alec bill but i do believe it's something that they've talked about in the past so
0: and someone like her would sign on so fast because now that we've got so many open seats you know got bishop's open seat she wants her name out there mm-hmm. she wants well, to she's be running known.
3: for ben mcadams seat. oh is she yeah, for ben
0: okay she's running in CD4. Yep. yeah so i knew she's running you got to get your name out there yeah yeah, yeah right. get in the press hmm
1: And so, will you talk about what Alliance for a Better Utah does during the session? I mean, are you guys, Mm -hmm. have you guys already been reading all of the bills so far?
3: I have not. (laughs) (laughs) I am the communications director. I don't have to do that. (laughs) Um, But our policy director is actually on maternity leave, and her first day back is the first day of the session. So that's like, (laughs) that's right into it. Bless her. (laughs) But she is, I think, you know, anxious to get back into it. So she's been reading a lot of these bills, looking through it. But a lot of what we do, because we are, we are a kind of general, um, we take on a lot of issues. We advocate for progressive policies in Utah and we um, do a lot of accountability work on politicians. Um, so, stuff like closed caucus doors, we explain what that is and why it's important, right? Um, so, um, we work a lot with our partners in the community to find out what bills are important to them. And we're actually in that process right now mm. of talking with organizations whose um you know are issue specific, and we agree with them on a lot of these issues and saying, "You know what bills are you seeing? What are you hearing? What's important to you?" And then we're putting them on our list. Um, and then during the session, we, as I was saying before, um, on our downtime, we just hang out in the cafeteria up there on the hill. So if you're ever up there on the hill, please send us a message and come say hi because we'll mm-hmm. be there. Um, we're there every single day of the session.
1: You're in, the, you're like in a lobbying capacity or in a coverage. Nope.
3: <clears throat> a watchdog, just yeah. in a watchdog capacity. I see. Um, so um, we do not lobby. Um, we are up there to to follow what happens. If you're very interested in you know knowing the day today, you should follow us on Twitter at Better Utah because we do lots of live tweeting. Hmm. Um, we post stuff on Facebook and we do a daily um, legislative email to just give you like the basics of the stuff that's important. Hmm. The fun thing about our email is that it's written at night, you know, after the day is over. And so as the time goes on, it gets after more and Katie's more snarky. After Katie's had some
0: <laughs> little wine, maybe
3: that's right. All right, guys, <laughs> let me tell you what happened. That's today. what I think. Alliance for Better Utah
0: needs to have a daily uh call to what to drink at that point of the day right. today's session should be paired
3: with oh that's <laughs> cute no, that I like that. the, the pairing <laughs> straight whiskey um so that's kind of what we do and um, we also go to committee hearings um and listen in on those especially in places where the press can't be or maybe they're not and there's a bill that we're interested in and also we um do like testify in these committee hearings so when there's you know time for public comment we'll go up and we'll give our piece and um you know talk about why we are support or oppose a specific bill
4: Huh.
2: Uh, uh. i was going to ask about this cafeteria thing i i went up last year for the uh, they did young democrats a day on the hill and it was super enlightening to me i'd never gone up to the hill during the session I didn't know I didn't even know about blue slips and green slips, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Had no idea about any of that stuff. And so if I understand right, so there's the main capitol building and then you go behind, there are other buildings. This is the building to the east, right? There there or are there several. Yeah, and cafeterias. the cafeteria
3: is in the Senate building, which is on the east side. Okay, okay. Yeah. So
2: that that's where you folks mm-hmm. would be at. Because yeah. that's where we spent a good bit of the day too. We talked to Rebecca Chavez Hauk. She mm-hmm. you know, she wasn't in this in the legislature anymore, but she came and talked to us kind of about how it worked. You know, we kinda of got the thing and then we went inside and you know, we got to uh, lobby our folks. Yeah,
3: The cafeteria, I was actually going to write either a blog post or an op-ed about it at the end of the session last year, and it's just one of the things that never happened. Maybe I'll do it this year. But it's so interesting to, um, you know, the the Eagle Forum is ideologically opposed to basically everything that we support. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's so bizarre to sit there in this cafeteria and watch you know sitting close to the eagle forum and we're sitting you know here and then you've got you know these other various interest groups involved and then you know in walks john curtis and you know in walks you know whomever um people that you've disagreed with you know about these bills but we're all just sitting there eating our food hanging out watching people walk by it's it is kind of beautiful in like a really weird way. Um, and I think that we've all bonded over the amazing tater tots that are up there. Oh, so they're it's good. Um, the cafeteria Sweden. Yeah. What? Isn't it? Oh, Switzerland. Switzerland. yeah. Switzerland. Switzerland. Yeah. Switzerland. Well, um, so, yeah.
1: But there is a fair amount of business that goes on in there, isn't there? In the cafeteria? Yeah. Oh, Yeah. Yeah.
3: Business. I mean, like not officially, but yeah, I mean, you know, we sat during the fight over Medicaid expansion repeal and replace last year. We sat in the cafeteria working with, you know, partner organizations trying to figure out what the whip counts were on SB 96. You know, like that's, that's a, we do a ton of work in the cafeteria. I spend as a communications director, sometimes I don't need to be in all of these meetings, but I'll sit in the cafeteria to make sure I can connect mm. with press when they walk through, you know, all of this stuff. So there is a lot of work that goes on there for sure. That's very savvy. Yeah. I'm I'm also really identifiable. I'm super tall and right. I'm a redhead with glasses, so they can all see me in the cafeteria, which is nice.
2: Nice. I wanted to uh, so you talked about the beginning of the session which will be on Monday January 27th ends on Thursday March 12th at midnight. That's CNA die, right? Yeah. That's it has, you know, has to end at midnight. Yep. Um I but I wanted to go back to something that you said previously and that was about uh, the supermajority and the superminority. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit more about that and what that means exactly?
3: Yeah, so Supermajority, I think it's two thirds. When you have a more than two thirds of a house, it's a supermajority. Mm-hmm. And basically you can pass any bill with yeah. just that. So you can pass a bill without a single democratic vote.
1: Yeah, like two thirds is the highest threshold of votes that you would need to pass any kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it just means a party could ram whatever they want through.
3: Yeah. So for example, um on the tax reform bill that just passed during a special session in December um they did not get a, a supermajority of the votes which means that we now are doing a referendum if something has a supermajority then it's referendum proof uh-huh. but if you don't have a supermajority then it is then you can can have a referendum and so there's a lot of you know there is something to be said for not necessarily like You don't need to get a single Democratic vote, but peeling off moderate Republican votes is really helpful. And that's what happened this time. I mean, they did it for political reasons. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) You know, like Jim Dunnigan, who did not I'm pretty sure did not vote for the tax reform bill. You know that he was behind closed doors working on it. But, you know, he also told his leadership, look, you know, I have a tough race. I'm going to get, you know, this is going to come back at me politically if I vote for this. And they, it's all been worked out already. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah. sort of like, a, um, in a way, it's like it provides cover where they're saying mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, like uh, who else? Uh, The guy that um, Neville was talking about up in Wasatch County and it's a part of Summit Quinn, Tim Quinn, is, uh-huh. that, is that right? Also was in a close race. Same thing with a guy like mm-hmm. Steve Waldrop here mm-hmm. in Weber County. Clo- but he voted for it. Uh, yeah, so Ironically, mm-hmm. he voted for it, even though he had a narrow vote count. But, you know, for some of those folks, if they're kind of in a tough political spot, they can go to their leadership and say, like, well, you know. Probably. Do we have the room that yeah. maybe I can vote against this, you know, so I have sort of you know, somewhat, I, yeah. I would call it deniability in a way.
3: Yeah. And also, you know, I have zero proof on this, but I imagine, you know, I mean, we know that they are very vindictive. And so I imagine that if you have crossed leadership X number of times on any given bill, you are no longer allowed to cross them, right? Otherwise, you know, they'll you know, give you trouble. Um, or they'll mm-hmm. primary you. Oh, well, I I have no idea, but you yeah, know. that's one of the forms of mm-hmm. trouble, but there's all right. kinds. I'm sure. I mean, like we know that. So for example, we know there are two Democrats, Marie Paulson and Carol Spackman Moss were both removed. They're like lifetime long, like life, mm, lifelong educators. They were on the education committee. They got removed from the education oh, committee. Yeah. And it was, my understanding was that it was for something they did that somebody didn't like. Mm. So, um very vindictive so um i imagine that you know any given legislator is doing the math in their head of you know can i ask for this Hmm. i i
0: I hear that and i just want to remind everybody when you run into these lawmakers i ran into waldrip and they they code it with this bullshit of i'm here for the people i mean i want to do it for the people i'm in service but then you hear how they can pull someone from this committee, or I can punish you for this. Don't be fooled. It's not for
3: the people. They love that feeling of power. Legislators are way more scared of leadership than they are of the people, especially when you're in a seat that, you know, is never going to vote for a Democrat. It's not the people that they're answering to unless there's a, you know, unless leadership tries to put forward a primary or there's somebody, you know, people within their party who decide to primary them which could happen and does happen hmm. um but i if i were them i'd be much more afraid of leadership
1: well i think about uh because sometimes i see democrats in the state legislature kind of kiss an ass of the majority and i'm like what are you doing and it's so frustrating but i mean they have to like it's how pro-
3: it's how they if they want any kind <laughs> of influence it's
1: basically yeah up to the leadership yeah
3: and I, I mean it also depends on what your goal is you know jim deback is his goal I hope was never to actually pass a bill. Yeah, you know his goal was to mission accomplished. His goal was to further a narrative, which is frustrating if you're looking at it from like, okay, we need these bills passed, but frankly, we also need a narrative built. Well, right, you know, because the way that you build a coalition of voters is by getting a narrative out there, right? Like, if you feel like you're a you know alone in an island of you know conservatism, um it feels hopeless. Yeah. That's so, but... true.
2: It it does feel like from the folks that I have talked to that are fans of, you know, of former Senator Jim debacus it'd it feel like, you know, anytime they would say, well, I like Jim because he says, you know, what a lot of progressives in the state are thinking. And so it's good to have him there, even if, like we said, uh, another concern was, well, legislatively, not a lot happens mm-hmm. from this guy. Yeah. But he goes out there and he's willing to be the lightning rod and say what everybody's willing to say.
3: Right. And I mean, for me, like if I can you know digress for a second there is a way to say what progressives are thinking but also adhere to the values of the conservative brand in Utah because i don't think that the conservative conservatives a lot of conservatives in Utah like i feel like a conservative in Utah would feel out of place as a conservative in in Alabama you know it's not the same it's very different it's um softer it's you know, I mean, we're we're pro-immigrant, you know. Gary Herbert asked, you know, wants more immigrants here. He wants to take in refugees. And so we obviously share progressives and the conservatives in Utah share a ton of values. And there's a way to share and speak to these values in a way that is not like getting drunk in a meeting, you know, in, in on the floor time to talk about, you know, changing the DUI from 0.08 to 0.05, right? You know, there are ways to talk to people on a values basis that can turn the heads of conservatives mm. um and we just need to find a way to do that loudly
2: yeah so to kind of you know just stay on this tangent for just a second um I, I've, I've thought a lot about this about how it feels like and tell me what you think um it feels like as a progressive in utah a lot of times especially on social issues you can come into the right a little bit and you can come up with some sort of a almost libertarian argument like like um for example Women's issues are going to be a big part of the state of this legislature. (laughs) And uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in a a minute. But um, a lot of times, you know, the line that I find, you know, I give to the folks in my family that are fairly conservative is, you know, why? Why is the government telling this person what to do with their body? And that doesn't always work. But sometimes, you know, it, it it changes the way that we talk about this particular issue. Right. Where it's like the government is the one trying to do this. Why are they telling people what they can and can't do with their body? I mean, d- does that, as, as a, somebody who goes out there and talks to a lot of people and lobbies on the Hill, I mean, is that, an, is that an angle that works with social issues where you sort of maybe come into the right of them in some ways? Does that work?
3: Well, we don't lobby. Um, Sorry. <clears throat> so Wait, we're, we're you're, never lobbying you're legislators. Yeah, we're Yeah, we do watchdog stuff. Um, I mean, we talk with legislators about legislation when they're willing to talk with us, Um but it depends a lot. I mean, like there's no one right answer to that question. Sure. I always worry a lot, like even on this tax referendum bill, I worry a lot about making conservative arguments to conservatives because oftentimes what ends up happening is you just reinforce mm.
4: Mm. their
3: anti government stance. I see. And the reality is that as progressives, we um and I'm not speaking for the organization here, but myself personally, you know, I see a lot of value and believe that in government and believe that government is what we make of it the government is a reflection of us it is not some you know a group in hoods working behind closed doors you know it's it's really like it's what we make of it granted Mm. i just said they do behind closed doors gop meetings but but like (laughs) that's that's on us (laughs) but yeah but like as people we We elect the folks
2: yeah Yeah. we allow them to not have any sort of a check Mm -hmm. yeah and so that's what goes on this is
3: the result of it So my general thing is I'm not a fan of making the, you know, government should stay out of women's bodies. I mean, yes, that's, that's a part of it, but I mean, really it's, it just depends. Like I'm not going to go and say that, you know, at a rally, I'm not going to go and write an op-ed about that. But if you're talking to family members that you know are, will respond to that, then that's what you do, you know, because these conversations don't you don't change minds or hearts in in a matter of seconds. You change minds and hearts over a lifetime. Hmm. And over their own experience. That's right. what I find. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. You can sit and talk blue in the face, right to choose, right mm-hmm. to choose. And until you're in that situation, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to stick with whatever right. you think.
3: So, I mean, I will say um, that people don't hear facts when their frame is different from yours. Mm-hmm. So i mean like we utah has passed actually a number of abortion restrictions this is a perfect example we've passed a number of of abortion restrictions and you still hear legislators and people going on about unrestricted abortion in utah that's not a thing (laughs) it's 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 very restricted in utah um and in fact roe v wade is a restriction because it only goes up to viability so that was a compromise in and of itself um But you, I mean, we, there have been people, doctors who do this work all the time. There have been people who have needed to have abortions for their own health or for whatever reason it is, sit in committee hearings and talk to legislators to their faces and say, women will be hurt by these laws. You will hurt women if you pass this. This is not based in fact. What you are saying here and what you are legislating is not real. And the legislators say okay, and then they pass it anyway because right. the facts do not meet their frame, right? And so you have to connect, or it does, to-
0: or it does, and they're more concerned, like you said before, about their reelection, mm-hmm. about going home to their constituents and mm-hmm. saying, "I supported a bill that went against your
3: moral mm-hmm. belief." Right. Right. So, I mean, when I'm talking with someone, and it's always men um, who <laughs> jump into my DMs and try and come at me about abortion. Um, I build bridges with them based on values okay. and why I support any given issue. Like, why do I, um, not want groceries to be taxed? Mm-hmm. You know, what are my values? And then I use those values to connect with them. And then we go from there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's one thing I have noticed about, especially this tax referendum. And I'm like, right before, you know, we came over, we were at my wife's, um, parents house and my brother-in-law is a small business owner. My father-in-law is close to retirement. And so, you know, we're talking about the tax referendum and kind of what this means, right? And uh, it's it's been interesting to find sort of like some consensus around things where, where it's like I, I'm, a, I'm a person who believes that, you know, if you're screwing over small business, you're really screwing the community because these are, you know, mm-hmm. these are folks who are are they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to make a way, and you're you're screwing them over so that you know people give you maybe some campaign donations. You know, corporations can get a tax cut. You know, you're you're ruining their lives. <laughs> like you're making it so much harder, and you're not you're not doing right by entrepreneurs. And having these conversations about tax has been really enlightening, I mm-hmm. think, because there's a willingness now to talk about this issue because they're mad. And of course, like, and I see them coming to me saying, well, what's up with this? What's up with this? Cause I don't know. I feel like as, as a Democrat in, in Utah, like you have to be, you have to be more informed in a way because mm-hmm. you are in the minority. And you so... are the
3: spokesperson for all the Democrats because oh, yeah. you're probably the only one That's anyone right. knows.
2: Yeah, and so like they come to you asking, like, "Well, yeah. what about this? What about this?" Because they know you pay attention because mm-hmm. you
1: have to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So let's talk about what's coming up in the mm-hmm. legislative session. Yeah. Uh, because to prepare for this, I went to the to the Utah Legislature site, and there's you know a good 200 bills on there. And without going through each one of them and reading, it's really hard. I feel like to know what is important so um is there anything that you know of that's coming up that is going like that you're hopeful about
3: yeah so the democrats um announced i think it was in october they announced a package of pro-family bills yeah, that we're really excited about yeah it's great um and you know their bills i can't remember all of them there is one so liz wait uh is running a paid family leave bill and that's for state workers up through six weeks so It's not great, but it's better than what we have now, Mm -hmm. which is basically like, we won't fire you because we can't. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, so... Paid family leave is a big one, uh-huh. um, and we're super excited about that. There's also a sex education bill that Kathleen Reeby is running, and we're very excited about that. Um, there are a number of other ones that do, you know, I think Derek uh, Senator Kitchen is trying to get um, Medicaid coverage for contraceptives, you know, stuff like that. Oh. Um, so, you know, just kind of nibbling around the edges of what it means, like trying to reframe, ref- you know, that word again, yeah. what it means when we call ourselves pro-family. When we call ourselves a pro-family state, what does it mean? Because I I don't know, like as a working mother, I can tell you that my daycare bill doesn't make me feel like we live in a pro-family state. And by the way, my daycare provider is not getting paid enough. You know, like it's too (laughs) much out of my pocket and it's not enough into hers. Um, so we're super excited about those. Um, there's a background checks bill that um, Brian King, Representative King, is running. Very excited about that. There was a big press conference about it the other day. March for Our Lives Utah just announced a um, a scoring system for legislators based on their 2019 votes. Um, unsurprisingly, not a lot of great grades yeah. um, from our legislature. Um, so those are the ones that were... Really looking forward to.
2: Yeah. And then uh, just pulling up a story from the Des News on this there, it seems like there's a lot of focus on. So, for example, there's another one, uh, Jen Daly Provost uh, said mm-hmm. you will seek a $2 million in state funding to make up for the lost federal funding to mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood and mm-hmm. other healthcare care providers. Um, this is going to help with um, family planning. Mm-hmm. So if, you, you know, if you're a person who's really, really wound up about abortion and you mm-hmm. think that it should never happen, it's like then you need to invest in things like
4: this.
0: Mm-hmm. I like a bill that I read about and have been reading about that relates a lot to Weber County. You know, Weber County, we've talked a lot about intergenerational poverty. Yeah. And uh, Norm Thurston from Provo, Mm. I won't pretend I've ever heard his name before because I haven't. uh, He's putting forth one that um, talks about matching, kind of a matching for people that put money into a 529 program for their kids that the state would, would match that.
2: Up to, like, a certain amount. Yeah, Depar- like through the
0: Department of Workforce service, Services. And I, I I, mean, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I like the idea of, again, preemptive in these issues. And one of the top things that's preemptive in intergenerational poverty is education. So mm. I thought that was a brave bill to put forth from a Republican in I'm, Utah County. I would mm. love to
3: see the Utah legislature one day actually fund pre-K. Because you want to talk about, like, there was a story a number of years ago about... Just on ROI, return on investment alone, like hard dollars, the best thing that you can do as an investment, as a community and as a parent, is put your kid in Mm pre-K. Like, that's the best return on investment. So, one day.
2: It's good to know, yeah, because we we did it when our children were young.
3: I Um, just,
0: I find it so funny. You know, in Utah, we constantly go, well, we don't have... For example, we don't have enough money in education, but look how great we do it with the little resources that we have. Yeah, Yeah, because teachers are running themselves ragged. But we say that about every damn thing. Like we have a 45-day session and we go, we don't have a lot of days, but look what we do with those days that we have. That's our cheerleading cry in Utah. We don't give ourselves enough, but we do so well with what little we do. (laughs) And I'd like us for once to actually give everything that needs to be given instead of being like we got the scraps and did a good job with them mm-hmm.
1: mm. i for one like that. at 45 days every time they call themselves into session again i'm like no guys <laughs> yes. we don't need this we don't need more <laughs>
3: laws we're okay the problem with the 45-day session is that it severely limits who can actually participate in our mm. elected government. And so if you look at it, the, the legislature oh. does not reflect the people of Utah. No, that's a great Because you have to c- have privilege to be up there.
1: Only certain professions can take okay. two months off.
3: Oh, my gosh. Yes. You and, know. and if These you are... These
0: educators... No, you're a teacher. You can't be here for 45 days. You yeah. can't...
3: Or if you are, you know, if you aren't independently wealthy or if you aren't a realtor or if you aren't a lawyer, like if you have the ability to take off of work... Right. For two months are, are we surprised really That the laws Inaccurately reflect Reflect the wants of Utahns yes. Because mm-hmm. you that's get that's people Like point. Alan Christensen Up there saying Well people should just Pull themselves up By their bootstraps You know he was a sponsor Of SB 96 He now you know Since has of course Announced that he will Not be running again right. But you know It's not a surprise Do you think
0: he'll change His, his uh, license plate? <laughs> <laughs> or do you think He'll have to be like Not No
1: that's yeah, He's going to change it To <laughs> deport him that.
2: too <laughs> Report them well, to. Well,
1: and that's my thing. Like,
0: I people, think it'll be ass, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> people say it's good when somebody in real estate proposes to, uh, oh, I saw Cal Musselman was, was proposing to change building codes. I'm like, oh, what a of surprise. Course. I look at that and I'm like, that is shady. That should not happen. Yeah, I
2: feel like Mike Schultz runs a lot of bills like that as well, right? You know, that affect the exact industry in which he works. He's a home builder. And so he's always running these bills. You yeah, know. And
1: people are like, well, that, that that makes them an expert, right? Those are the kind of things they know about. That's what they're elected to do.
3: Both of those things are true. Like both, yeah, right. both, <laughs> both, it makes you an expert and also it opens you up for being able to make laws to regulate your own business and make it better for you, right? Great point. But like there's something to be said for the fact that the real estate, you know, Groups, whatever they are, t- some of the top donors to the Utah legislature. You know mm-hmm. the fact that Gary Herbert was a real estate agent or was involved. And in let's just be—they're
0: douchebags. Come on, I'm just gonna say it. I know <laughs> there's probably, but I just fucking okay. I, I wasn't gonna say the f word, but broke I, the there, I'm sorry. They're it. just the most <laughs> predatory job there is, and you know, you put out. I'm gonna. I'm looking at sell my house, and you get like 500 people friend requesting you. It, that's event session sorry guys but I feel like these planning commissions are full of real estate agents then you've got the legislature that's full of real estate agents and then all these city councils mm-hmm. and people stop electing real estate agents as in all
3: things there should be balance yeah
2: yeah, and like you said I think it's a great point that it's very difficult if you're a teacher if you're a person who's working class to take that opportunity to, to run like there was a candidate that ran in Weber County last uh, or two years ago this was a concern from this person because they thought, you know, I, I'm gonna put my name on the ballot and I'm gonna run. But honestly, if I get elected, I don't know what I'm gonna do.
3: Yeah, or like young mothers. We need more women in the legislature. True. We right. are like at, you know, the biggest, the women, the number of women in the Utah legislature has ever been. And what is it, 23%? Yeah. And yet women make up what, 40 something, 50 something percent of the, of the Utah population? By the way, 17% of candidates running for governor are women. Yeah. and what 50% of Utahns are women mm. just a little rant but like what like what would I do if I was a mom who had four kids and I was a stay-at-home mom what would I do during the session and we so badly need their perspective
2: indeed huh. um, another bill that I wanted to bring up um, was a bill that Angela Romero is running this has been a big one for her this clergy confession bill mm. do you do you know mm. much about this you want to talk about it
3: I mean Ooh. as far as I understand having not looked into it a lot. It's It would just make uh, members of the clergy of all religions, all faiths, right? Yeah, of all faiths, um, mandatory reporters. Mm. And she's getting a ton of national pushback. Yeah, she, really? is. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's yeah, getting she is. emails from all over the country that are disgusting. Follow her wow. on Twitter. Follow and you her on can find Twitter. Yeah. yeah. She's really? posting them, in,
2: and it's gross. I,
0: I cannot believe the diocese that's come out. I mean, you have been putting out fires left and right in the Catholic Church over yeah. molestation scandals. And here you have somebody that's trying to solve this and actually protect children, and no, mm-hmm. no way.
1: Yeah. It's like uh, a little bit of a rant, but when, mm. when Jesus saw people like that, he expelled them, like publicly cast them out. Jesus did, you know? You don't, you don't protect people like that.
0: And that's what I, I, I'm not Catholic. I think they do some really cool stuff that I really wish I could, like, did. You know, the whole tr- crossing thing, that's cool. And High kneeling, church is cool. And <laughs> going on the little bench there I, and kneeling on, that's cool. But <laughs> I, I don't understand that if you were a required reporter, how that would change confession.
2: Yeah, so can you maybe explain a little bit about what that means, being becoming a required reporter?
3: A mandatory reporter. Mandatory so, reporter. So i am not the expert again my understanding is that if you hear um teachers about are man- yeah teachers are mandatory reporters i think therapists are therapists mandatory are reporters mandatory reporters too. so you hear Physicians. about there's one more yeah. social
0: services already obviously mm-hmm. so, and, so, i think it is doctors so are doctors
3: uh, mandatory reporters I, yes
0: and i and scouts that's my recent thing that we had to sign. Yeah, I'm a, a, a den mother, and we mm-hmm. have where I'm a mandatory reporter. Anybody that's in that field of working with children mm-hmm. has to be is. Uh... Well, so when, you know this better I'll, than I do. Then
1: I'm looking at it's it's HB 90. It's called H-90. the Child Abuse Reporting Amendments, and you can just see what she's taking out. It starts with except uh, where the Nurse Practice Act applies. So it started off with an exception for those people; uh, they wouldn't have to report. But down here it says. You know this. Uh, this does not apply to a member of the clergy. A member of the clergy while functioning in ministerial capacity. Um, yeah, you should just read this because it just it crosses out all of this, all these exceptions that the clergy have for where they don't have to. You know, they can hear this stuff and then not have to say anything about it. And mm-hmm. it is when you see it crossed out like this, you're like, yes, this should be crossed out.
0: But you know, I just I just had a thought. You know, the difference between. Clergy in the Catholic Church, if I'm not mistaken, they are educated. They do go to school. Yeah, you to go to learn, seminary. Yeah, to learn how to be a counselor, to learn. So I wonder if that's kind of that boundary, as they see themselves as somebody who already knows how to handle the situation, and so they think that they
3: can
4: cure so,
3: well, you. I think it goes – my husband's born and raised Catholic. He went to Catholic school. I used to sing in a Catholic church. Oh, I actually sing in a number of Catholic churches. And my understanding is that there's um, – there's some, so Catholics do confession. And so you you speak with a priest and you confess your sins. And the idea is, I'm going to butcher this, but the idea is that the priest is the keeper of those, mm. those confessions. And um, the pushback that the diocese in Salt Lake gave was, you know, priests have died in terrible ways in order to not give up confessions that Mm. their congregants have made. And Mm. so I think that it's a long tradition that probably outdates even the, like the formation of the United States. Uh Like Um, they talk about
2: the seal of confession, right? right. Trust
0: is gone. Trust is gone. Mm -hmm. The idea that you take this on and are going to, it's gone. We don't trust the clergy to protect the children anymore.
1: Well, yeah. And you just can't do that when somebody's a predator. It is not the right thing to stay silent.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the 21st century and we should be, you know, as with many things in our laws, you know, um, did you just hear that New Jersey accent just come out? (laughs) (laughs) Laws? That was the most bizarre thing. Still in there. (laughs) Yeah, still in there. Um, We have to make change for the new world, you know, and in light of new information.
1: So am I understanding right that this whole clergy thing did not apply to, say, a bishop? So if a bishop hears about abuse, they are required to report? Yeah, it includes Yeah, it includes them.
3: No, I think that they weren't required. Yeah, they were included they
1: were. under this clergy, and they're not educated, and they're... Well, right, all yeah, yeah, of yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, right. No, they are not included. Right, you know? so so if they, so they heard about now.
3: abuse, they are not a mandatory reporter.
1: Yeah. Oh. Whereas with... Yeah,
4: if,
3: right, and if, right. then if this passes, they would be. They would become, right. yeah.
1: So that's, I mean, that's an important distinction. I mean, mm-hmm. that's really where this is going to be applying.
3: If someone confessed to a member of clergy that they had abused my children... I would want the police to know. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who's that girl? I have a Facebook friend who just got a ticket because she stood up in general conference and said, stop oh, protecting right. Crystal, sexual. uh Legionnaires. Yeah. Le- that's it. I was yeah. going to
0: say leaderhosen, but I <laughs> knew it wasn't no. right.
1: No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> a little more meaningful.
0: I gave her money too. So way to be brave, Crystal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I have a feeling there's a lot of stuff going on there that I don't know about at all, probably because they're legally protected not to talk about it. Yeah, another bill that I uh, wanted
2: to bring up, and this was sort of part of the tax reform piece. Um, so from what I understand, so I've heard Lou Shurtleff talk about this from her days um, as, a, as a as an educator back in the 90s. There was a time when the, the income tax right now in the state goes directly into the education fund. So all the income tax that you pay goes straight to education. I guess at some point in the yes. 90s, they added higher education to that pool. Yes, And so it made it, you know, it made it more difficult to fund K through 12 schools. From what I understand now in the new tax bill that has been passed, that folks are working on the referendum that has been removed. Mm -hmm. Higher ed is now. So higher ed is still part of that.
3: Right. They couldn't, they couldn't get to an agreement and that's one of the bills being run by Ray Ward who, um, that bill to is being run this session and that's one we're not a fan of. And that would eliminate the requirement that income tax it's a constitutional requirement so actually what it would do is it would put a question on the ballot in 2020 and then the people of utah would vote on whether or not to open up the um education funding Mm. and i know
0: that paul ray is saying that when you say it's incorrect to say that it's education funding he is telling people that it is that funding is specifically for infrastructure and building of schools, not
3: necessarily funding of education, i.e. teachers, curriculum, things like that. Hmm. Education funding also comes from um, local taxes, property taxes. Um, I'm not sure what the balance is, but that sounds like a really nice way to get out of the fact that the legislature <laughs> yes. doesn't fund education. He told yeah, all right. the
0: constituents. because So I walked around with a petition trying to get people to sign it, and, and actually, you know, um, my neighbor— wouldn't sign it. And so we went back and forth discussing why that was. And she was told by Paul Ray that it was for building. And then he went on to say, you know, we've got Davis High that's over the top and all these schools that are over the top that we're just spending. Exo- ex- exorbitant amounts of money on school building and that's what this money is and that's why they want to take it is so that we're not putting all this money into building of schools. that's hilarious because huh. in utah huh.
3: county they just tried to pass a bond again and it failed to fix schools that have ceilings that are literally that's, falling yeah, down yeah. in the middle like in the library they have pieces of cement falling and down i from don't the think you can
0: Ooh. say in one breath sit and pat yourselves on the back of having this great economy and people wanting to come and live in Utah. And then in the next press say, but we're not going to spend money on building schools. Either you're getting a ton of people and you're going to have to have a place to educate them or you're not. Yeah. So That is a part of the social contract. And then also I would prefer that my kids' school not cave in on them on an earthquake. <laughs> yeah, that'd So be great. Davis High needed to be fixed so that the kids didn't die in an earthquake. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, because I agree with you what you're saying because you, you can't sit here and tell me, like, well, that money's only for infrastructure, and so, you know, that, that pool is just way too high. Like, friend, that's simply not true, you know, because if that were the case, why why do we need, you know, we just saw a bond pass, what, two years ago here in Weber County yeah. for the Ogden School for District? For the
4: Ogden School District, yeah. And
2: so, yeah, there, there's... There's maybe not not a lot of truth to that where he's trying to sell it as That's like well it's think. just infrastructure only it's like well then why aren't you spending more of the money in infrastructure friend because we up here in Weber County especially could could use some of that help mm.
3: yeah if you have more questions about this I am not the education expert and I'm definitely not the tax expert I would definitely um, connect with Utah Education Association been kind of at the at the kind of the spear on the what is it the tip of the spear on the issue of education funding in utah so if you have questions i would reach out to them and they could give you the specifics on and i sure these. as hell
0: wouldn't go and talk to somebody who voted for the bill mm-hmm. <laughs> go talk to somebody who voted for the bill and somebody who voted no on the bill don't yeah. just take one person telling you something and go oh yeah that makes sense
3: mm-hmm. so i
0: was the first person that she talked to and i said well actually they changed all that before it even was passed but even so you know, it isn't just going for infrastructure for over-the-top schools. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, no, that's not not the truth. So I had this theory about the tax reform that that their plan was to do the unpopular stuff during the special session in the non-election year, and then they would maybe do positive things to fix it during the general session now during the election year. So has anybody seen anything that relates to that, like to modifying tax reform at all? I didn't see anything.
3: Well, I mean this whole education funding piece is a big part of it because if they, like they just, they passed it based on the assumption that they would undo the education um, earmark. So that's going to be a huge part of it. And that's going to keep the fight going. Um, I imagine there may be a couple of other bills, but uh, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything.
1: That's the constitutional change.
3: Yeah. The constitutional amendment. So be fun. When you get, Low, uh, Utah taxes taken out of your paycheck and also by the way business income taxes when that goes out and it goes it goes into a pot that is only for education and that is written in our state constitution and so for that to be undone, the people of Utah have to vote on an amendment to undo that
1: so the and they want to do it they want the to amend legislature it. couldn't vote for that two thirds and just no
3: it's an and amendment it has to be voted on by the list. people and um I'd be very surprised if I saw that happen, yeah. I think that that's how they'll find some other backdoor way to do it. They'll lube it up and
0: do some other <laughs> action.
1: I don't know. That's what I thought would happen with uh, medical marijuana, and then they just weren't able to. They and even Medicaid expansion, they kind of had to.
3: They tried. They're dried right up, though, so yeah, they'll it, figure right. out a new way. Well, they're trying to work stuff out with UEA right now, Utah Education Association. They're trying to work a, a compromise out with them right now, so that you know everybody's happy, and then you know they'll make it work. But so far. There is no compromise between the legislature and the UEA. So. I'll be shocked
0: mm. if the UEA holds out, though. I find them to be an in, uh, increasingly weak union. Well,
1: in yeah, Utah. they're they're afraid of I losing. I to tell you all the support from the government.
3: Here's hoping that <laughs> here's hoping they don't.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. And so, along those lines, are there uh, what are the things that that Alliance for Better Utah is maybe concerned about, or you know the shitty shit we know is coming up.
3: well the the this one right now the education funding one is a big one um of course um you know as always we're going to be watching for anything that has anything to do with the propositions we think that there may be some adjustments to prop two but in a good way um huh. um so that's it's going to look more and more like what prop two originally looked like which is good
2: yeah i saw there was going to be a bill where they were going to change the law so that they were going to get rid of the blister pack thing mm-hmm. um they were going to also include a piece where you may you may be able to get your record expunged. Yeah, or... I just saw that today too. I'm
3: not oh, quite sure. Good. I'm not sure of the details, but I just saw that. Yeah, that sounds too good to be true. Um, so there's that. Um, and then of course there's we're. That. Uh, and then we're worried very worried about these um, abortion bills that we know are coming up so Dan McKay Senator Dan McKay of course announced that he was going to do one um, a number of months ago I think it was in like July or something we still don't have the language of that bill so Dan McKay is the number one um, keeper of secret bills in the legislature so I assume seven or 29 I don't know how many exactly but I assume one of them is that one we don't know the specifics of what it will be my understanding is that he's telling people at legislative previews that um, it They're will have sacred. something to do with a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> um,
3: oh. Yeah, so it's it's going to be a, like a traditional heartbeat uh-huh. ban. Um, and then <laughs> we know that um, Representative Christiansen, who replaced Ken Ivory, um, and we all celebrated when Ken Ivory left, and now it turns out his replacement, Christiansen, is no good, no good either. We know that he is running an abortion bill. We don't know what it is because <laughs> the language is not up. We assume it's some kind of, you know, um Cumbersome regulation that makes it harder for people right. um so those are things that we're very worried about um, and we're you know just gonna have to wait and see and it's it's an election year, so this is an issue that everybody wants to lift I'm the really, with. oh yeah it sounds
0: uh, there's a couple that are kind of go after trans oh yeah, this state. yeah so there is this a, has become another concern again for our legislature what people
3: have going on in their pants mm-hmm <laughs> Very concerning yeah. for them. So,
2: what what is that bill? I, I hadn't read about it.
3: I think it has to do with therapies for minors, okay. um, like like some like physical yeah
0: medical treatments mm-hmm. that not allowing transgendered um, students to participate on su- on sports certain sports uh, teams considering what their gender status may be. Okay. So there's mm-hmm. a there's a there's a few that are, and it's so weird because it's towards children. It's you know. Think of the children. It's just crazy what <laughs> medical treatment a child can have, what sports a child can play on. I just this family-friendly state, but we're going to f- punish somebody because of what they have going on
3: downstairs. Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. I mean, with our with our youth suicide rates, really, this is not this is not the direction we need to be going in. Yeah. So yeah,
2: I had one other one I was going to ask about, and I shared this today on the Weber Young Democrats Facebook page. So it looks like there's a resolution out there to how do i want to say it like not necessarily it's not a ban because it's a resolution so it's just sort of like a statement bill Mm -hmm. in the state legislature but saying that communities should not remove any sort of mascot or symbolism or imagery for Mm -hmm. uh native americans so Mm -hmm. uh for example like say your high school was called the you know the such and such high indians and Mm -hmm. you had this you know like or uh, you remember back in the day, Roy Junior High used to be the Roy Junior Redskins. Do you remember that? No. They changed it to the Razorbacks, right? Mm-hmm. So this this resolution is saying like we're going to encourage people to not change away from those things.
3: Who's running that bill?
2: Uh, I, I'd have to find it. But
3: that's uh, that's one of crazy idea. Like, what? Why is but this it seems, on your radar right well, now? Well, what what I want
2: to understand though is like if it's just a resolution, like like why and, and solidarity man they're
3: fighting a man. culture war <laughs> they yeah. just want to... white solidarity <laughs> yeah we're we're really <laughs> oppressed <laughs> um i mean the likelihood is that that will go nowhere i'm curious to know who's running it i mean yeah, i can't me... i mean y- you never know um, why would you run it? I personally have strong feelings about resolutions, um, but generally resolutions are run to like get a foot in the door. So like the Utah legislature, when they admitted that climate change was a real thing, like it was a resolution, but now it's like on the record as them having said, okay, climate change is a real thing. Mm. Um, so, you know, and then people I assume are like, you know, try and pass bills, you know, referencing that first, you know, resolution that's passed. Um, So here's a bizarre thing. Yeah, so here it is.
2: So, uh, House Joint Resolution 10, sponsored by Rex Ship. He's a representative from Cedar City. Oh, Sounds you like ship. Yeah.
0: You little ship.
2: going to ship my pants. Uh, so uh, this is reporting from Ben Winslow at Fox 13. He's saying, would declare the legislature supports the appropriate use of names, images, or symbols of Native Americans or other indigenous people by schools or other places. Hmm. However, it also discourages removal of names, images, or symbols of Native Americans or other indigenous people by schools or other places, <laughs> unless after a careful and effective public process the appropriate government entity determines that there is a consensus among the effective... It's calling you a
0: redskin
3: racist. Let's have a public meeting on that. I mean, there have been public... Like, there has been a public debate. (laughs) Like, (laughs) the people who this is, like, oppressive to have said this is offensive. (laughs) Like, come on. No.
1: I can say the N-word because they say it to each other. That means it's appropriate. Do It's
3: just nuts.
2: So, uh, uh, Darren Perry, who's the chairman of the Northwestern Band of Shoshone Nation he came out on Twitter and was like, yeah, no, this is this has to be defeated. And it's just a resolution. But uh, I, I think that this gives sort of a view into the into the mindsets of a lot of folks. And I think what you said is true, Katie, that's they're fighting a culture war, right?
3: They are fighting a culture war. And I mean, like we have areas, you know, like uh, in San Juan County, I was down there this past summer with our policy director, Lauren, and we, you know, following all of the Bears Ears stuff, we really, and, you know, all of the, other stuff that's going on there we really wanted to go and see for ourselves what it was like and that's that's really what it is and and utah has just not done a good job of you know coming to terms with the realities of the things that we have done to the indigenous people here yeah, and that's not that's not talking about when the pioneers came over. That's talking about the '90s. That's talking about grave robbing. <laughs> that's talking about you know going on these ATV rides. You know, that's talking about ruining cultural sites. Yeah,
2: looking at you, Phil Lyman.
3: Yeah. Huh.
0: Very well said. I and wanted it- to ask if there was any bets anyone would like to make on the big faux pas of the session you know we oh, have, there's always a big thing. yeah we I always have know. you know when you're in a hot tub naked with a girl and you get a standing ovation oh, what you know is that? and that was so terrible oh you know you got was it garn who had the dui and trying to mm. get the video
2: and then last session it was uh some guy from st george or something Something shady was going to come out, so he, like, resigned mid-session or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Always, like, something wait, juicy. Wait, was that the one who, like, had call girls going to yes, his hotel? that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, yes, that's right. That yeah, is. Yeah. So his yes. hotel that was being
2: paid for by the state <laughs> through his... Through his <laughs> Whoops. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so does anyone have... But probably went home
2: and took the sacrament.
3: Wait, wait, wait. wait! I got to hold on. There was one hilarious faux pas that happened in 2018, but it was not the legislature, and it's still one of my favorite stories. Our um our executive director, Chase, the Utah State Bar sent out an email to all of the lawyers who was subscribed to the Utah State Bar email list um, during the session. And our ED was up in the gallery in the house when it happened. So he opens this email with an intern, a young, impressionable intern sitting next to him. And in the body of the email, somebody had accidentally put... <laughs> a picture of a topless woman in this email that all of these lawyers got nice. and the press were there and they saw our EDS reaction. And so we got national press coverage of just and this boob email that still is like a email. massive spike in our media. Hits and I love that it.
0: we keep referring to the person as the E.D. So we've got the E.D. <laughs> for the, the booby email. email.
4: <laughs>
3: Not to be confused with erectile dysfunction, anyone. <laughs> so, looking forward, I have zero idea. Like, I don't know that we could even we could predict. I we feel know? like it's
2: it's usually around some it's it's like it's always some skeleton in a closet. You mm-hmm. know, it's always something just shady well, that is trying. To I'm be not hitting. gonna
0: lie. I'm super excited to see what Gail Razika does. Mm. And if I made a giant plate of brownies and set them in the cafeteria, would they be eaten or would they be? I would
3: eat them. Oh.
0: Would Gail eat a brownie that no. I you mean
1: You mean like brownies? She doesn't. <laughs> yeah, that's got an emphasis. <laughs> I'm on just it. gonna
0: let you have a question on what kind of brownies yeah. and what's in the brownies. I know Katie would eat them. I would eat
2: them. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I wanted to shout out a couple of things here to wrap up. Um, so you all at Alliance for a Better Utah do a daily email. We mm-hmm. talked about that a little bit earlier um, during the session. And it just kind of goes through what goes on in each committee, bills that happen on the floor. Um, we're going to include that in the show notes. So if you go to Alliance for a Better Utah, uh, what's, what's the website exactly?
3: BetterUtah.org.
2: BetterUtah.org. And then you click on sign up. Um, there is a spot there where you can select what which emails you would like to receive. And the, the daily mm-hmm. is so the, the, the very top one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another couple of actions for this conversation is find out who your state legislators are by going to vote.utah.gov. There is a spot where you can find your voter information. Click on that, put your information in your name. I, I don't know if you have to put your name, but it's definitely your address. And you will find out, hey, this is where, uh, this is who is your state house representative, your state Senate representative, or your state Senator, and then, uh, a, a number of other folks. And that will give you the opportunity to be able to email those folks and express support or displeasure for a particular piece of legislation that you have coming up. Any other tips that you have on getting involved, Katie?
3: Um, if you're super interested in reading through some of these bills, you can go to le.utah.gov. Um, and you can also find out who your legislators are there. Um, and they have like district maps and stuff like that. But you can look at the bills. Um, and so you can just like browse through the bills that are already. Um, already numbered and already have the text. Um, and there's a Chrome extension, um, of course, that I cannot remember the name of right now, but um, I imagine that if you go and like search for Utah legislature where you get your Chrome extensions, you can find it there. And it actually is very helpful because what it will do is it will highlight in yellow all the changes to bills and highlight in red um, or highlight in yellow all the additions to bills and highlight in red all of the things that they're taking out of bills because oftentimes bills are not just like a fresh brand new bill. It's like an edit another bill and so being able to see really quickly as you're scrolling through pages uh, you know what is being changed in a bill super helpful if you're yeah really into looking I definitely want to do that um, yeah. looking at the bills themselves hmm. um, otherwise I just recommend that you go up there and see how the process works floor time starts at 11 um, so every day at 11 a.m. Um, you can go to the House or the Senate and just sit up there in the gallery it's open there is a whirring lack of security up there so you can just walk in sit up there and watch it happen it's really remarkable and it's a beautiful building if you've never been um so
1: so let me ask because sometimes i think about going and lobbying there's like maybe a thing i care about uh but i feel like first if i'm gonna drive down there i want to do more like if i'm gonna be at the Capitol, and uh, i don't know so do you do you think if I reached out to you guys and said, hey, I wanted to come up to the Capitol this day and I was planning on doing some lobbying and maybe I just want to see what you guys are doing or even volunteer or something, would I get laughed at by no, your organization? do it.
3: Send us a message. Send me okay. a personal message.
1: All right.
4: Yeah, okay. so we'd just... love to have
3: you. I'm a, We're up there every single day, all day. We would love to have people up there. We would love to show you how it works. Hmm. Um, it's fun walking people through the process. Yeah. Um, and it's really moving in a weird way because it's... I mean, yeah, I mean I'm game, yeah, I mean, you all should come, just tell us when you're coming, we'll be yeah, back. yeah, I, I awesome.
2: probably will do that this session because, like I said, I found that last year I'd never gone, and part of the reason was because I didn't really know anybody down there, and mm-hmm. having somebody there who can sort of like be your friend that day because mm-hmm. there are a lot of people oh, down there Colby and it's just like it's swirling around you know and it's just like well, I, it's, I don't know what's going on there's not
1: really somebody to explain to you
2: like yeah like I, yeah. I i don't have any friends down here like what am i doing i'm just dressed up nicely and like yeah. people oh, are just so walking do I around
3: dress nice? do I yeah dress nice okay yeah. yeah yeah business um i will say the process, the language, the building are super intimidating and, frankly, pretty exclusionary. Mm. And so I am happy for anyone who wants to be involved. There literally is no question, too stupid. Come and ask, and we will talk with you. We are so happy to have this conversation with you. It is in our best interest. It is in our society's best interest. It is in our country's best interest and our f- children's best interest to make sure that more people are involved in this process. So we will do our very best to make sure that you are comfortable there. Come hang out. We may give you an assignment if you're comfortable enough to like, go cover that committee, and this is what you're looking yeah. for. You know? That'd be awesome. If oh, that's man, that what you actually want to would do. would really be fun. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it will be fun. You know, you take some notes. We'll have interns out there. It'll I be have so a, much fun. I have just the outfit to wear. <laughs> Oh, I I'm love it! Go Everybody, com, you know, match. You know, get matched. I'm going to wear a vest. I'm going to
1: wear a vest.
0: I do feel it. like I will
3: feel more we'll studious, make, we will make studious. Junction if I have City a
1: podcast vest. name tags. Yeah, oh, maybe that's do a thing. It. Yeah, and so, I
3: will say really quickly on the floor of the house um, when you're when you're looking um, when you're standing there on the floor and you're looking up, there is something right over the speakers seat and it's in latin and it says vox populi," and what it means is the voice of voice the people, of the people. Mm-hmm. and the people it's the people's house and the people should be there yeah and the people even if they feel like in that moment they're not even lobbying you're just witnessing being a witness is so important yeah so
0: I'm really worried. Awesome. I, my mom wants to go, and I'm really worried that she will bitch slap Gail Razika.
3: <laughs> Don't assault anybody. Please tell her to warn me.
0: I so can I can just t- see my 65 year old mom, who was an educator for 30 years, just go up and be like, "Bitch!"
3: Boom.
1: <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> it is such a fun time. All right, awesome. I love it. Thank you so much, Katie, mm-hmm. for coming Thanks down for having here. Me. Uh, we're gonna go to a break, and when we come back, we're gonna do pinkies up, thumbs down, and that other stuff. Ashley Wolthius and the Elements of Real
0: Estate are proud to support the independent local journalism of the Junction City Podcast. If you're buying or selling real estate, or if you need a certified residential appraiser, contact Ashley
1: at com or by calling 801 right, everybody, we're back. And guess what? No polls this week. Not talking about them. So let's go into our pinkies up thumbs down. Do you guys have
2: any? I have, yeah, I have a couple. Well, Let's hear it. Um, my first one is, you know, sort of in conjunction what we, with what we talked about in the beginning with uh, us being around for a year. You know, pinkies up to the JC peeps for sticking with us for the last year. And yes. I
1: love when the pinkies up are to us.
2: Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, we, we appreciate you all for being willing to listen to the show each week, telling your friends, um, coming to Drinking Liberally, which we're going to get going again in February. Like,
0: I just, went and it was, I had a great time. Yeah. It's fun. It was really fun.
2: Yeah. I've had people ask me yeah. a, a few times. They're like, hey, when's the next one? When's yeah. the next one? We want to yeah. come. So we'll get them going again, but you know, Pinky, I don't know. Pinky, I've been scorned too many times. Oh man, it's been good, but Pinky's up to the JC peeps for kind of helping us build this little community of you know progressives and Democrats here in Weaver County. You
0: and know then,
1: what? Here, here, I'm done. I'm done shitting on it. I'm back on board. Okay, John's on.
0: I'm gonna be there, and I know my husband will go again because yeah. we really it yeah, really it, was fun.
1: Yeah, Brian and Meg both came,
2: uh, and then also uh, something that I saw on Twitter that got me thinking about um, building coalitions. So Pinky's up to the CD4 Coalition for doing the hard work of organizing and getting it done down there in Salt Lake County and electing Ben McAdams. So there was a, there was a conversation on Twitter over the weekend talking about how the reason that they were able to get somebody like Ben McAdams or elected was because folks were doing work years in advance to build the coalition, you know, get to know the organizations in the community, understand where they're at, the folks that are interested in being politically engaged, where are your allies, where like that whole infrastructure took years to build mm-hmm. and it culminates in Van McAdams. Culmination. Adams. Yeah. It gets, and uh, I, I was just, you know, hearing sort of that story and, and having, hearing folks talk about the actual coalition building and, and the organizing, you know, because I hear like, I feel like people say organizing a lot. They say those words. But a lot of times it doesn't really mean anything in my brain, right? Like, what is organizing? What does that actually mean to you, John Miles? Ugh, it means making a bunch of phone calls. Right. (laughs) But hearing them talk about organizing, which was more, hey, we're going out. We're getting to know, you know, the teachers' union, and we're getting to know this this local organization, and we're getting to know this group of people. I feel like and,
0: you live that to a T. Yeah, I mean, you I'm, do.
2: I'm trying to be a little bit better about it, in because I realized like, seeing the work that they did was just like, wow, you know, like I need to go to citizen lobby, uh, citizen climate lobby meetings in Weber County and hang out with the Sunrise Movement folks and go to NAACP. I see meetings. you at
0: things that I'm like, and, how he? You do. You go to stuff. It's yeah. amazing. Well, I.
2: I'd like to go to more stuff, and part of part of what spot, uh, pushed that was to, uh, two folks. The first one was Angel Castillo, watching Angel run for Ogden City Mayor and seeing how involved she was. You know, I feel like every time I go to one of those meetings, Angel's always there first. And and it isn't like it's her first time. Like she's been going there. Mm-hmm. And in my view, like that's the way forward for the Weber County Democrats. Is if you were you have to emulate what Angel Castillo is doing right now. Because after her election, she didn't stop going to those meetings. That's true. Like she's deeply rooted in those communities, and and that's the way forward for Democrats. If we want to make real change, real sustainable change, that's not based upon some national outrage that's boom or bust. Right. This is the way forward, and so seeing you know folks talk about that online about cd4 it just makes me like think wow like we could do so much better in cd1 if we want to do a similar thing and so i'm, I'm going to try and be more committed to that so pinky's up to them for showing us the way and hopefully we can take a page out of their book and do the
1: same here yeah because that's how you make change yeah, that leads well into my pinkies up, which is to uh, Dan Matthews and his indoor swap meet that I went to today. Yeah, cool. And I basically went, because like you're saying, you got to show up and support the things you support. I love what that guy's doing, trying to make cool things happen in Ogden. And honestly, he's like investing a lot. He knows that these things are not going to be super well attended to begin with. And he's putting in that sacrifice to try to keep them going and build the momentum.
0: I don't even know what this is. So can you...
1: Well, so down at the Monarch, it was... They've just got a big open space where they had all kinds of... There were local artists. There were local businesses. Um, and it was just, yeah, an indoor swap meet. I think the original idea, they were going to have a DJ and a bar there, which I think they kind of nixed that. I mean, I took my kids. It was a nice family-friendly thing. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because they did advertise that. Right? And it was uh-huh. on Sunday. Uh-huh.
0: Okay, so everybody's always asking, what can I do on a Sunday?
1: Yeah, and it was cool. I mean, there weren't a lot of people there, at least when I went. But there were plenty of booths, and it was pretty cool. I saw our sponsor uh, Ashley Woltheus there. Um, I saw Sadie and Josh from Grounds for Coffee and Nurture the Creative How Mind. Are we going, that sounds uh, great. Yeah, it was. I really liked the community that was there and the community they're trying to build. And I just love that stuff. I want to support everything they're doing.
0: That's cool. Um, mine, I have. I have a my thumbs down uh, to. Spencer Cox's wife. Oh, yeah. She recently wrote a op-ed. Her husband made the completely stupid blunder of comparing abortion to slavery, which is just ghastly on so many levels and uh, something that a white man could definitely enjoy that privilege of saying that because he would have no idea what it would be like. Um and then also on both accounts, slavery and uh, having to be pregnant with a child that, or a right. fetus that you don't want. So anyway, his wife got on and wrote <laughs> I a total quote two things I have no experience. Yes, with. <laughs> exactly. Total <laughs> virtual virtue signaling to everybody else. I carried my sister's baby. I'm so wonderful, and you know, babies that have issues like they had a child that it was a difficult pregnancy, and she did it even though it was hard for her health she carried through and I thought well that's a really easy thing to say when you are uh white wealthy and have health care
3: it's always very
0: easy to virtue signal and then I thought it was interesting that she used the fact that she got to choose to carry someone else's baby it was her choice to carry that child She's not being assigned to carry everybody's. I thought, okay, there you go. There's huh. your right to choose. So thumbs down to her for that. Um, how about just own that that was a stupid thing to say.
2: Yeah. And well, then, and I think he did say later there's like we're not gonna we're not gonna use that analogy any any longer on the campaign, right? So they sort of like walked it back in a way, but it felt like a half-hearted apology. You know, not, I not, just, not really I, willing to be like, yeah. yeah, maybe that was a bad <laughs> comparison. I shouldn't have used but it. But see,
0: it's such a, a silly thing to say. I'm going to walk it back. And then in the next breath, write in the Des News, an entire thing on on abortion and carrying the child despite health issues. So thumbs down to the Cox family. Yeah. Um, come on, bro. Make it a good race. Don't say stupid crap. And then and he's got to do something to get know, the Republicans out to vote doing for some him. ridiculous things that Huntsman can just sit back and be like, go ahead, Spencer, continue to talk. <laughs> doing me favors. Yeah. yeah. Um, my pinkies up is kind of a weird one. Uh, so I went and saw David Brooks, uh, wow. the conservative columnist and columnist. And I, I wasn't a big fan of some of the things that he said. Um, Some of them were rather boneheaded. I mean, even outside of the. He made the assertion that um, the opioid epidemic is due to the breakdown of the nuclear family. And I Jeez. thought, a,
2: that's always the conservative thing, right? Like, oh man, if only the family, none of why this would happen. Why don't
1: they talk about how wages are breaking down the nuclear family? Yeah. Uh, how about, how about isn't
0: that, that a, that's a great point? Yeah.
1: Leading people to self medicate or, yeah. you know, or to work two jobs or <laughs> four jobs between the two parents. Yeah.
0: And so I, I, Aside from that, but so I had the petition, I had the referendum petition, and I stood outside the door and my completely adorable friend stand behind me as I'm like, if you'd like to sign the petition, and I have a group of people, I got to tell you, it was it was the easiest petition to get people to sign in the history of my life, people are literally lining up to sign this thing. So I, if Mm. we could just get it to everyone that wanted it, it would have no problem passing. But as people are signing it, I see a, a really thin man that somebody recently likened to the aliens from Fire in the Sky.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I see yeah, him I in that. the
0: crowd, and it is Representative Waldrop. <laughs> and so I ask the person, can I have this petition for a minute? And I walk over, and I go up to the rep, and I say, would you like to sign this referendum petition?
1: Good job. And nice.
0: <laughs> he, of course, says, oh, I'd better not, because I voted for it. So standing behind him was Angel Castillo, speaking of of... Her, her amazingness yeah, yes she's
4: always out she's
0: out there so a lot of things that waldrip said were really boneheaded um he said when we talked about how this will affect the poor he said well i've got an idea to use kind of like a fresh values card that those with low income could use it and it would remove the tax hmm. and yeah it's a gr- it's an interesting idea you haven't done it though, buddy. <laughs> this is what you guys picked. And so instead of yeah. developing this idea, this is what you went with.
1: Ideas were for before you're a legislator. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now. Yeah. now you take a marching order from <laughs> and the And so,
0: you know, I, I, you know it'll be interesting to see if this if his wonderful idea comes up in the session at all, you know? Yeah, or right. if we're like how many years out. So then the other thing that he told us is that if this referendum passes, it will wreak havoc. On those that need Medicaid, and I stopped him right there and said, "You guys have refused expansion and wasted that money year after year after year. So do not." And then
2: after right. the, after the citizens forced your hand,
0: yes. So don't come up and here. And you, you here. dicked
2: around, and you came up with some some BS policy that ultimately ended up being
0: yeah. full Medicaid expansion yeah. anyway. Anyway,
2: not what, you know SB ninety six was trash.
0: So, but I do have to give him my pinkies up.
4: Wow! Because
0: he stood there, and Angel and I fired questions at him. He answered them all graciously, even to the point where he admitted that there were bad parts of the bill, which was obviously the the crappy tax credit that they're going to give to low-income families. You know, he did admit that, and well, this he is did. The, this
2: is what would replace the you know the one time. Um, money
4: for yeah. to replace the yes what in they would April spend they can yeah in on April they taxes. can
0: they're supposed to get that one hundred and twenty five dollar tax rebate that yeah. does absolutely nothing but he admitted that that is not a great way to do it. Don't tell um, Natalie
2: Gochner that she loves it. She thinks it's so great. Well,
0: she's an idiot up
2: in the, up in the ivory tower.
0: <laughs> so I have to give him my pinkies up that he was gracious enough to sit there. The place, the Browning Center, had completely emptied out. His own kid left him. <laughs> Oh, dang. <laughs> and he, sa- he <laughs> listens to all of our questions. And now he is going to have, on the 27th, a town hall.
4: Oh, yeah. at There's the like main four light. of them. Yes.
0: And I know the 27th, because I actually, Angel Castillo and I were in contact, that that's the night we wanted to go. And he's actually going to listen and have people ask these questions. And, you know, the session starts that day. It's going to be a full day for him. Huh. So he looks like a little tiny alien from Fire in the Sky. but True. He was very gracious.
1: <laughs> With hair. <laughs> All right, let's talk about events. So, if you're hearing this on Tuesday, when we release it, uh, from 2 to 3 p.m., you've got a chance to meet Jamie Cheek, who is the Democratic candidate for Congressional District 1, uh, Rob Bishop's current She's freaking adorable. She's great. Jamie Cheek's great. She's come to our uh, Drinking Liberally. I think she's going to come on the show sometime soon. Yeah, after we have the
2: legislative session is over, we'll start to have uh, candidates after they file and they are official and all that stuff. We'll so s- We'll start to have folks on.
1: So meet Jamie Cheek at Linquist Hall, room in room uh, 169, on Tuesday from 2 to 3. So that's on campus at Weber State. That same day is the Weber Housing Authority point-in-time count. It's from 5 to 6 at Weber Human Services on a, 26th Street.
2: Sorry, I messed this up. This is a training for the point-in-time count. Yeah, please.
1: thanks for mentioning. So, yeah, if you want to do the point-in-time count that is going to be the early morning of Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of this week, you need to go to the training on Tuesday. And I am planning on doing it. So, still doing it? Yeah, we'll see.
0: You know it's we... in the morning. At Honestly, like four. The, <laughs> this 5 to
1: 6 in the afternoon is a lot harder for oh, me okay. than 4 to 6 in the morning. But uh, yeah, you can, still, you can still sign up for that. There is a uh, sign-up link on our Facebook page if you want to sign up for that.
0: Date night.
1: Yeah. <laughs> date, night, date morning. Then at the end of the week, Saturday, January 25th, from eight thirty to one thirty, there is a political training summit uh put on by the Utah Democratic Party. So it's down at the Utah Democratic Party headquarters, which is eight twenty five north, three hundred west. Uh so just down on Beck Street right after right as you're getting into town. Um again eight thirty to a one thirty on the twenty fifth. Yeah, I think that and I think
2: it's ten bucks to get into that training. Mm. There's uh, a
1: Facebook event for it. Yep, there is. And uh that same day if you're already gonna be oh no, never mind. Uh This is here in Ogden, uh, Saturday. Heal, Utah is doing a legislative preview at Grounds for Coffee, uh, the one on Harrison up by Ogden High. That's from 10 o'clock to 11.30 uh, this Saturday. A legislative preview from Heal, Utah. Heal, Utah is the nuclear... What is he? They,
2: they, yeah, they're they're environmental. They did push back on the like the energy solution stuff. And yeah, that's right. All that stuff, but yeah, they this is going to take the place of Dems coffee, which normally is at Saturday at nine or nine thirty. Oh,
4: okay. So
2: uh, Zach Thomas, the Weber County Dems chair, said we're going to move it to, you know, this grounds for coffee on Harrison, and we're going to just make it in conjunction with Heal Utah's legislative preview, which will oh. focus on the environment. All right, ten
1: o'clock, and then. Uh... What, two weeks after that, Saturday, February 8th, oh yeah, the Weber Democratic Party, they're doing their political engagement for beginners. That's at the Wildcat Theater uh, up at Weber State in the Shepherd Union building from 11 to 12.
2: Yeah, I put that in there because I think we're going to be there filming that for them. Uh-huh. So we'll be there if you want to come hang out with us, but it'll be, it's only an hour. Uh, it's sort of a crash course in political engagement, should be a good time.
1: Well, and I'll put out a plug because they did a, they did a training, well, kind of a retreat for the district chairs, and they did this presentation about how people do not vote on the facts. People don't want to hear your ideas. They want to hear your why, and the why is what they uh, relate to, and it was super interesting. Like I, I think they're doing a really good job of putting together good trainings to, to get people ready for the campaign year, so check that out Saturday, February 8th, 11 to 12 at Weaver State. Uh, and so that's it. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you can get, see some old videos on YouTube. Um, go to our website, JunctionCityPodcast.com for links to all of those. Uh, there's also a uh, link to our Patreon there. You can find us at Patreon.com backslash Uh Just, you know, throw in a couple of bucks and we'll thank you. Right now, the only person we thank is me. John Miles, yeah. So, you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, that's it, I guess. Um, uh Well, I was going to say, you can also
2: rate us on uh, your podcast app. So whether it's Spotify, your podcast app on your iPhone, um, anywhere where you get your podcast and you have the ability, please rate us. uh, Top ratings. We're hoping to get enough folks that uh, we can start to show up in some of the algorithms and expand our reach to get to people who maybe aren't necessarily in the network but live in Weber County. We'd love for them to start listening to the show well but like what if they don't rate us five stars uh, I am not Shane Forster so I, I don't know what I would do I mean Shane is a he's a he's probably living large right now because his Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl so Did the Chiefs win That's Chiefs right. win yeah. oh wow didn't uh, see that coming but right. but, uh, but yeah but we, right. we, we'd really love for you to do that that help us out or like John always says each week you could just tell your friends yeah that makes the biggest difference word of mouth advertising let them know like we say every week all politics is local